Welcome to WrestleWolf. I am Dr. Damien Gibson. This is reconsidering uh, WCW Nitro. And uh, joining me, as always, uh, is the man who only deals in kayfabe. It's Matthew Kayfabe. I'm proud to be here, Damien. Thank you for having me. <laughs> That's fine. We've managed to get our legal uh, issues out of the way, and uh, we're just going to keep things the, the way that they are. Isn't that right, Matthew? Yes, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm going to play along, play a little the, game of remember yes. Remember the last and. episode? This is why you should listen to our episodes because the the last episode <laughs> you were threatening to sue me unless you had top billing. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, I don't listen to our episodes. Uh, Damien does. Um, I don't listen to oh, yeah. our. Uh, it's all I listen to. I don't listen to anything else. See, I have so little respect for the people that would waste their time listening to these episodes <laughs> that uh, I just can't imagine myself being one of them. You're a natural heel. I'm not trying to be a heel. <laughs> just trying to be honest. Is honesty a heel thing? Wow. You really are a Hulk Hogan-style face. Next, you're going to poke me in the eye and break my back. Oh, you know it. You know it. Um, all right, I think we can probably just get straight into this episode. It was the... Ep- uh, what? Why can I not speak? This episode aired on the 5th of February, 1996, uh, and it came from the Lakeland Center uh, in Lakeland, Florida. I've never heard of Lakeland, Florida. And I suspect unless uh, WCW wrestle there again, you never will again. Is that the only time anyone's ever been there? Well, it says on um, the on Pro Wrestling Fandom, it has the city as Tampa, Florida, but it was definitely Lakeland. So I'm assuming that if it doesn't even get its actual billing. Then- yeah, because Eric had to like it was like between miami and orlando <laughs> like you had to give directions to people because everyone would have been lakeland the hell is this place yeah it, it was do you reckon it's like some kind of dodgy development that you know eric's got involved in like he's a investor in and he's like oh we'll get wcw through here yeah i almost certainly suspect that the fact that they bothered mentioning where they were meant that they were being paid some kind of kickback for it <laughs> The one thing we've learned about Eric so far is that he has no problems with payola whatsoever. (laughs) He absolutely doesn't. It's it's No. (laughs) I mean, you know, I I don't respect it, but I do a little bit. Yeah. I mean it goes completely against all of my uh, political ideologies, but there's also a begrudging sort of respect. In many ways, Eric Bischoff is the real American. That's true. (laughs) And I mean he probably (laughs) is a real American as well. I mean, he is a real American, although I haven't seen his birth certificate. I demand to see Eric Bischoff's birth certificate. Yeah, I'd like to see that as well, actually. I just, they, they would, <laughs> it would put to bed a few outstanding questions. I heard he was born in Kenya. Anyway, uh, the com- speaking of the convoys, uh, they were all- that's how that started as well. It was just like, oh, I heard he was born in Kenya, and then it became a whole movement. I just I don't want to talk about it. Anyway. <laughs> The convoys are all dressed up. Mongo's dressed up like Steven Seagal from Beyond the Law. Uh, Eric is dressed up as <laughs> Jay Peterman from Seinfeld. And <laughs> uh, Bobby is dressed up as John Petrie as the third Doctor from oh, Doctor Who. You're really going to fail uh, at this at some point, And you're going to be like, they're dressed like men in suits. Three of them. 
respectively. Well, they do. They end up in a uniform, right? So this segment's not going to last forever. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't think they do. Oh well, great. Well, we've got one segment that'll last the whole the whole time. <laughs> but the most importantly, uh, Pepe's dressed up as a pilgrim woman. Yeah, this is it's a, Pepe's extreme religious beliefs. Are, I find personally oppressive, and I don't think actually wrestling's the place for someone like Pepe. I think it's really forward thinking of WCW having a, uh, you know, trans dog on the show. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that because I don't want to get cancelled just when we're starting to pick up lots of listeners. It's <laughs> <laughs> what? It's great. What? And um, this week he's identifying as a pilgrim woman and I support him and his decision. Me too. The first match we have is, this is a pretty, ima- like, I actually had this feeling when I saw the, the match card where I was like, oh, this is a match I never thought I would see. Macho <laughs> Man versus Chris Benoit. What's going on? Oh, nothing. Just watched an episode. Of, yes, hold on. Oh, it's all right. We're back. I uh, <laughs> I thought we were an episode ahead. <laughs> um, what a, what an incredible dispersal disappointment for me. <laughs> um, oh, no. That's okay. Yes, uh, this was good. This <laughs> surprise episode. <laughs> it's a surprise. <laughs> um, yeah, this was great. Yeah, I, the these are. I mean, besides, it's just fun to watch Nitro, and I love doing the podcast, and you know, it's just fun. Mm. Uh, these matches do make it worthwhile. Yeah. So you can, you know, you can be the king mark and be like, oh no, I've seen Macho Man versus Chris Benoit. <laughs> that is true. It has been our goal uh, to reach the top and be finally become uh, king mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, at which point, I will stab and kill you. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> is it Dave Meltzer and then Brian Alvarez are probably... Well, are they Marks? Like, I feel like unless you truly succumb to kayfabe, you can't be a true Mark. Right. Which is... Yeah. Th- those two talk about way too much real life stuff to be true Marks. So it's me and a child. Uh, me and, and children are the, <laughs> are the true Marks. To be fair, man, the way Brian Alvarez talks about AEW and WWE, I think he's still pretty Marky Mark. I mean, we've talked about this before where like he's he's a disappointed WWF fan every week where he's like, have you seen what they're doing on Raw? Have you seen what they're doing on Raw? It's like, dude, it's been like this for years. What what do you <laughs> what did you what did you think is gonna happen, you know? Oh Brad Daniel Bryan's back. Now WWE will be good. <laughs> I just want to be really specific that this is absolutely a threat online. Uh, Brian, I'm coming for you. Um. <laughs> Sweet. Now we've got... that. Everything's in place now. We've got online beef with a famous per- person, people watching our YouTube channel. Um, we've just got to start twitching. Is that the right... Uh, adjective, I don't, I don't think it is I think we, I just made myself sound like I was 85 years old Anyway, we'll be twitching soon We'll do the twitch <laughs> um, Chris Benoit hit his head in this match And the sound that it made reverberated through my soul Yes it's There is a moment in every Chris Benoit match That you feel unpleasant Yeah, this this Like 
if someone said that's the that's the incident where he got you know the concussion that caused problems later on it would i would not have been surprised he literally he went to do his little flying headbutt thing and landed on concrete face first on concrete and the 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 woman he would later murder is at ringside accompanying oh, yeah. his, his opponent oh god anyway well speaking of woman uh <laughs> she turns on macho uh the horseman beat down macho man uh, uh but here comes poochie uh <laughs> for the save and um mean gene wants to interview hulk who cracks it and i think for the first time in a long time i actually agree with hulk he's hulk's standing over macho to see if he's all right and mean gene's like tugging at his sh- <laughs> well not shirt sleeve i don't think hulk has ever worn shirt sleeves at, in his own yes, time at his underwear um <laughs> at his underwear trying to get an interview and hulk cracks it for about 12 seconds and then does the interview yes it yeah <laughs> it's great storytelling well rick then comes in and goes to town on hulk rick flair by the way um, oh, you, you guys we're, are We're at a point yeah. where we can just say Rick, right? We don't have to say Rick Flair. <laughs> I call him Richard because I know him personally. <laughs> okay. Uh, the giant Zodiac come to the ring. Uh, the giant hits a headshot with a chair uh, on Hulk Hogan. And then Zodiac does that weird get in the way thing again that's been going on for like six weeks now. Yeah, I think they're uh, doing a very poor job of showing that there's there might be an insider in the Dungeon of Doom. Oh, right. Which I would just say is massively unnecessary, given the success of the Dungeon of Doom at this stage. But yeah, well, you got to do uh, what you got to do. Macho, who's been laid out, by the way, comes screaming back down the runway. Th- these are the moments where I'm like, this is just a bunch of five-year-olds play fighting in the backyard. Yeah. Yeah, well, my guy can get up instantly two minutes after being knocked out, and uh, he's got a chair. Anyway, Macho comes <laughs> running down. Uh, he grabs the chair off the giant, uh, and then the baddies run away. And Macho berates Liz for not telling him about um, the bad guys being behind him. That's fair. Which feels like a very unsubtle start of, can we trust Liz? And the answer is no, because she's dating Lex Luger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the most obvious person to turn on you. Yeah. <laughs> so why can't I trust my ex-wife? <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> oh, Macho uh, Man, you stupid idiot. Oh, Macho Man. I mean, the, are you stupid than Sting? Who knows? We'll see. The answer's um, definitely not. <laughs> Hugh Morris and the Taskmaster, the greatest tag team of all time, versus Brian Pillman and Arn Anderson. Uh, I know you say that you, you, when you were a kid you hated Hugh Morris. His moonsault for such a big guy is pretty impressive. I hate Hugh Morris. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not saying I like him. I'm just saying his moonsault is, I remember at the time thinking like, it's pretty impressive for a big guy. If someone was to tell me that there was going to be an Arn Anderson, Brian Pillman and Taskmaster match... And mm-hmm. I wasn't going to enjoy it. I just like I wouldn't believe them. But then something would ping, and I'd go Morris, and I'd knew, <laughs> I'd know it was him. <laughs> How I despise him! Well, this match spills out uh, to the curtain, where a mystery man uh, cracks Arn Anderson over the head with a broom, 
because uh, uh, we all know that uh, the Enforcer's kryptonite are brooms. Be as fucking cavalier as you like, but, like, have you ever been hit with a broom? Uh, no, but I'm also not Sorry, Arn Anderson. No, you haven't been hit with a broom. As someone who would regularly get beaten by a broom, I can tell you that they're very, very... They're, of the things that you have in your house that you aren't scared of, a broom is impractical, really, to be honest, for, for hitting. Um, like, it's no sort of, you know, wooden spoon or, or like, lamp. Some lamps that are long could be good for hitting. But a broom... Um, a broom is one of the worst things to get hit with in your household itinerary. Mm-hmm. But these are men that are hit with chairs and chains and stuff all yeah. the time. But they've been getting hit with a shoe for the last three weeks or something, and that's been, like, murdering them. <laughs> and also, uh, you know, spoiler alert, it was Mr. Wonderful. And Mr. Wonderful hits... Uh, <laughs> Arn Anderson, like he was trying to uh, swipe a spider out of his house. This is such a strange storyline because I'm almost sure Mr. Wonderful's not going to wrestle another match for an, at no. least a long time. No, but I mean, <laughs> it was the horseman who basically broke his neck, so I can understand why he's upset with them. Yeah, but it is, it's still re- like he can be upset with them if they really did break his neck, not during the like 50 minutes of WCW Nitro. Um, like he should be upset with them backstage where he's like, Hey man, what the fuck? Like you broke my neck in wrestling. Um, he shouldn't be just like hanging out and taking swipes at them and then letting him do that on television. I know what I'll do. I'll, <laughs> I'll smack Arn Anderson over the head with a broom. <laughs> well, that's the thing. He was looking around his house and he's like, I don't have a lamp that's really appropriate. <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't have any kind of... He lives in an apartment, so he doesn't really have, like... With Gary Spivey. <laughs> so he doesn't have shovels and stuff, is what I'm saying. He doesn't have the kind of weaponry that 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 some adult men have in their homes. <laughs> and, like, a broom is also cheap, so if you if you get it taken off you or if it, it um, breaks, you're mm-hmm. fine. Right. And, like, he doesn't have an income anymore. He's just violently attacking <laughs> Arn Anderson. He's going to go to prison. And you know what? Good. He deserves to face justice. Well, he's not going to go to prison because no one knows who hit Arn Anderson. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It was dumb behind a curtain that looked like the curtain from Hey Hey It's Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Uh, Eric is really angry with Brian Pillman. Yeah. He's constantly threatening. He's like, get the camera off Pillman. If Pillman does that again, he'll be suspended. I feel blah, blah, like blah. one of the great losses of the NWO era is that Brian Pillman would have been fucking sick in that era. Um, as a NWO guy or as a good guy? Well, I think sort of as a as a bit of a... No one... Like, you got to remember, there were no good guys in the NWO era. There was sort of just, like, jerk-offs who you quite liked and, like other sort of dark, broody people who you who you also quite liked. I always buried for the WCW people. So it was like Ric Flair, Sting. That's about it. I can't think of anyone else. Well, you, you, obviously, <laughs> had Piper. A, you obviously had an ABI in 1996 and 1997 because they were the least cool. Yeah, but, you know, 
I always bury for the good guy, no matter what. <laughs> History is written by the Victor Damien. <laughs> like, of course, WCW are going to portray on their television show that the NWO are the bad guys. But they're not the bad guys because they make this show, which right now we're talking about them six months before they're going to appear because we just had to watch a Hugh Morris match. <laughs> they're going to make the show interesting. Yeah, they're the bad guys. Let's go back to no. how things were. I agree. We should go back to the, the way things were. These uh, guys are scum. You are the heel. You are the heel. New Japan scum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that match happened. Uh, next up, we've got Marcus Alexander Bagwell versus Ric Flair. Again, not a match that... You know, I'm sure it happens again later mm. on with NWO, WCW stuff, but just a weird, it was just one of those moments where I was like, ah, oh, weird. You weren't Buff expecting- Buff Bagwell versus Ric Flair. Yeah. American male Buff Bagwell versus Ric Flair. Well, I've only just discovered American males Buff Bagwell, who, and that's my favorite Buff Bagwell. American males. Yeah, because he's WCW, baby. For <laughs> life. For life. <laughs> See, you just, he just did the hand sign- this no, is, I didn't. I don't know what you're talking I'm, about. I'm going to sue you for real. <laughs> uh, woman's a horse woman now. Cool. In like 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, actually, Bagwell is a homegrown, like a WCW homegrown talent that doesn't get spoken about a lot. You know, they talk about like, no, no hear me out, hear me out. In the sense of like, they talk about like, oh, you know, WCW didn't have any of their own talent, blah, blah. Bagwell is over, and he's mm. actually, like, a pretty good wrestler. When he comes to the ring here, they've obviously earmarked him as a singles guy, Eric has. And when he comes to the ring, people are, like, like they're popping. They really like him. I hate... I think if he wasn't such a douchebag yeah. backstage, he may have had the ability to be, you know, a top guy. I really, really hate the, uh, the, the no WCW... Uh, you know, th- th- there was no homegrown talent thing. You know, you've got on this this episode, you've got Chris Benoit, you've got Arn Anderson, you've got Ric Flair, you've got Sting, you've got the Road Warriors. None of them are really WWF guys. No. Um. You know, there's also DDP, there's your mate Johnny B. Bad, there's Conan, there's, you know, like all these people floating around mm. at this point. That Eddie are, Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero, uh you know, that are, that are eventually going to be big stars um, or really, really great. You know, Dean Malenko, Chris Jericho. Sting. Um, yeah, Sting. From <laughs> Sting. Sting. <laughs> uh, What's he like? <laughs> but, like, it, it's just it's a really false argument to say that WCW never had their own stars. They, like, ob- yeah. obviously oh, did. But it's a bullshit, w- it's a bullshit Vince narrative, hmm. isn't it? Yes. You know? It's just interesting how it becomes like it just becomes gospel. Well, I was watching. Like you just hear the, people dropping it in podcasts and stuff, and you're like, "No, that's not correct, guys." I was watching the uh, rise and fall of ECW documentary, and in it, they interview Vince, and he's like, "Yeah, I let them on our TV just because I thought it'd be, you know, good for the wrestling business if if they really took off, and I really hoped that, uh, you know, they'd get some more eyes on them and." Uh, you know, create some excitement and, you know, become the second or third brand, uh, big brand in wrestling. I'm like, this is absolutely not true. Like, yeah. this is this is, this is is obviously a lie. Vince McMahon wasn't like, you know what? 
I want to support ECW to become as successful as me. Uh, anyway, sorry, I've, I've gone it's down just, No, it is. It's just bullshit. It's just utter bullshit. And we've seen... Oh, we're probably... Yeah. Well, I'm getting worked up, Matt. Let's get back <laughs> onto the... <laughs> uh, Rick wins this match with a figure four and he won't let go. And now Macho Man's back, uh, comes out. And uh, he's so mad, he's punching refs. Well, who else are you going to punch? Well, yeah. I mean, you could be a face and not punch refs. But that doesn't seem to be anything that Macho Man or Hulk are interested in doing. Some real Damien Gibson behaviour right here. What? Punching refs. You're a ref puncher. You're an eye poker. You're a back scratcher. (laughs) They deserve it. Back scratchers is a nice thing. Most people... Yeah, but also when you're just sitting somewhere, it's not nice to have someone scratch your back out of nowhere, Damo, and this is how I'm telling you. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, sorry, man. I just thought I was doing a nice thing, you know? It's just it's just weird. <laughs> just raking my friends down the back as <laughs> But you also poke us in the eye to, to, to turn us around. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure that you're paying attention to me when I'm ranting about Vince McMahon <laughs> for three hours on end. Um, ne- oh, we're at our main event, at your main event, ladies and gentlemen. We've got Sting and Lex Luger versus the Road Warriors. Uh, this isn't for the championship, but it's essentially like a number one contenders sort of match. Um, kind of. I mean, they don't say that, but you get that sort of vibe watching this match. Um, the Road Warriors are more over than Sting and Lex. Yeah, they're uh, they're real over. Unfortunately, yeah. we have to, uh, after their entrance, we have to watch them wrestle. <laughs> People love them. People fucking love them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sting's obviously gotten over winning like heels at the beginning of the match. Not so much at the end of the match, mm. but he's coming out and he's like best friends with Lex Luger. And it's like, aren't you meant to be a baby face? <laughs> like, surely there should be some dissension in the ranks like yeah but there's not these guys, these guys don't watch the show no they don't. uh lex hits animal with a car jack on his injured back i don't know what the car jack was doing at ringside but another thing that is in the home that is better than a broom <laughs> i guess but <laughs> yes. once again maybe paul ondorf doesn't drive because around like people talk about climate change being a new thing but it's actually mm-hmm. not really. It's something that like people have been aware of for decades and decades and decades. And I believe, to be honest, I think Paul Orndorff was probably taking the train because, like, you know, obviously public public transport taking a train with a broom would be, you know, confronting. But also, you know, you don't. I don't know how violent tr- public transport is in Florida. Maybe he needed mm. it to protect himself. He's crippled. Well, I know he used to have a uh, little dustpan broom strapped to the inside of his leg just in case he got oh. in some trouble. And he used to berate people and say, it's a climate emergency. It's not climate change. Oh, yeah. So, well, yeah. He was one of those guys, you know. Yeah. And then, like, you know, Hugh Morris would be like, how can it be global warming if it's cold outside? Yeah, I'm wearing a cardigan. And you're like, it's the middle of winter, Hugh. Like, <laughs> what the fuck do you think? <laughs> oh, God. How climate I isn't Hugh one Mor- day. That's weather. Like, There's a difference between weather and, and then Paul Ondoff would have to explain the difference between climate mm-hmm. and weather, you know, and then Hugh would scratch his head and then Paul would bring out a whiteboard and start, you know, drawing diagrams for him and stuff. And um, s- sitting in the corner is the wizened prospector bunkhouse buck 
Just <laughs> whittling a stick. Just digging at the dirt on the floor of his uh, his dressing room. Um, poor bunkhouse buck. Uh, so anyway, Lex and Sting win this in in dastardly in a dastardly manner. Sting's not very happy about this kind of I don't know. I don't think he knows what's going on. Um, and then the Road Warriors uh, call out Sting and Lex, and they want a championship match at Super Brawl, which is coming up this Sunday, actually. Oh. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's the end of Nitro. Ooh, what a rush. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Man, I don't know if they would pop. I don't know if the crowd would pop as hard if you were doing that voiceover. Ooh, what a rush. Um <laughs> The, uh, it what sounds like it sounds like a, a decorate ad. <laughs> like it does. You know, someone it someone's does. washing their hair, and it's like, what's that smell? Ooh, strawberry. Ooh, what a rush! What a rush! Um, <laughs> on the other channel in Stockton, California, at the oh, Stockton, Stockton Stockton Civic Auditorium, named after founding father John Stockton, mm-hmm. uh, you've got. Uh, Sean Michaels, founding and- founding point point guard, yeah. John Stockton. <laughs> uh, Sean Michaels and Diesel defeated Davy Boy Smith and Yokozuna via countout. That's a pretty good match. That, that's an alright match. Yeah, one two three kid defeated Hakushi. Yeah, it could be okay. That sack of shit Bret Hart versus the Undertaker ended in a no contest for the WWF Ooh, Championship. Now there's a match, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, what do you think? Which one are you watching? Uh, 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 I'd probably still watch Nitro. That I, oh, I don't know that yeah. fuck that Raw lineup that that headlining match Bret Hart versus Undertaker. But you got to remember this was before the Undertaker was good or enjoyable or interesting. No, I like I like nineties Undertaker. Oh, you like Is this it when like he purple wrestle. and black? Yeah. Is this purple and black? I think this might be mask even. Mask. Remember when he had his little special mask, like Phantom no. of the Opera? No, I really don't. I actually don't at all. I'm like, oh no, there's something about wrestling you're talking about. And I don't remember it or know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a little picture via the uh, Facebook. Um, but he had this he had this awful little mask um, when he came back. Uh, at some point, it uh, it wasn't. Great. It didn't last for very long. Um, but it, it he uh, had it. No, Matt, that's Kane, that photo that you've <laughs> sent through to me. You that's, can. That's his brother. He's he's bullying <laughs> me, fans. I'm being bullied. Uh, and the ratings are 2.7 to uh, Raw to 2.9 to Nitro. So it's uh, pretty, pretty close. Yeah. That would be that would be a tough choice between those two episodes. I, I think. Um, oh yeah, no, I have seen that before. God, man, WWF in nineteen ninety five sucked. Is that is that when he was wearing that around that time? I think so. Ninety five, ninety six. I believe so, but uh, you know, it's I'm not watching WWF Nitro. Uh, WWF Raw. It's funny how like they would just take that mask and give it to Kane like 15 years later. Yeah, it's the ex- it's almost the exact same as the Kane sort of half mask thing. Yeah, once he like ditched the 
you know, shaved his head and was in like team hell no and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we've barely talked about Nitro in this episode, but it is our Nitro podcast <laughs> and you guys seem to be enjoying it. So thank you for that. Um, if you want to follow us on the socials, do so. Uh, you can help us by rating and reviewing, um, which more people are doing. So thank you. Um, what else, Matt? Oh, you can email us. Uh, you can go to our website, which is WrestleWolf.com. Um, but yeah. Yep. If you want to check mm. out um, Monkey Grip by Helen Garner, um, it's a great book um, worth reading. Um, was really controversial when it came out, but uh, I think, you know, has really found its audience and probably found its niche as sort of one of the great um, Australian literary classics. Mm-hmm. Or you can read the lyrics to Monkey Wrench by Foo Fighters. Uh, yep. Basically. That's what I'm reading at the moment. Yeah, look, that's good as well. I mean, it's it's not. It sucks. Don't listen to the Foo Fighters. Um. No, they're good. They're better than Nirvana. And uh, so <laughs> I couldn't keep it. I couldn't. I couldn't keep it together after saying that. Um, Look at you, Chad Channing, sitting there being like, you know what, Nirvana actually weren't very good and, like, Bleach was actually the best album because the drumming was good. Yeah. 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 As soon as Dave Grohl got involved, it it was shit. Um, All right. Uh, Until next time, brother friends, Pepe is dead. Thank God.